Well, we're going to begin today with a look at how the health system is stuck on paper records and the effect of that. This week's interim report on child and adolescent mental health services highlighted poor record keeping as being a factor in ongoing and widespread problems in that service. And we also had an admission in recent days from the HSE's chief information officer that the health service here has not even reached the starting line, as he put it, when it comes to getting medical records off paper and into an electronic form. I've been speaking to Dr Avril Kennan, who's CEO of Health Research Charities Ireland. She appeared before the members of the Oireachtas Health Committee this week and I began by asking her about a particular case study she shared with the committee. So this is a woman in the Midlands who I've been speaking to a lot about this um, and... The challenge for her is that when she first meets a healthcare professional, she has to explain many, many different things to them Um, because her health records are filed with her GP, like most people, but also um, in different departments, in two different hospitals and with an online doctor and even in her own handbag. So there's no centralised record of her very complicated medical history. And she, she has many things that she needs to explain because she's got some particular challenges around severe allergies in particular to um, antibiotics and also a rare condition of her adrenal glands which can be life-threatening um, if the, the healthcare professionals don't know that she has it. So there's a big challenge for her in that this information isn't pulled together centrally in the form of an electronic health record and that's what we were talking to the committee about, the fact that we have no national electronic health record where the information held in different parts of the system is pulled together for individual patients. So if the woman you were talking about presented at hospital and she was unconscious, if she came in in an ambulance, she wouldn't be able to have those conversations with doctors Uh, whereas if she had an electronic health record, they would be able to establish the facts without her going through that. That's it, exactly. And she was actually in hospital over Christmas and because of the way the hospitals were at that point in time, she wasn't allowed to have anybody accompany her. Uh, She was very weak, thankfully not unconscious, but very weak. Um, And she actually handed her phone to a nurse because she has kept her own medical record, her own medical notes on her phone. And she asked the nurse to read them from there. So is Ireland lagging behind other countries in that regard? Yeah, we're very much lagging behind. Um, We're down the bottom of the table um, across the developed world, or one of the bottom. Just in terms of people's rights and entitlements, I suppose there might be the idea that these records belong in the hospital, but they actually belong to the patients. It's an ownership and control issue as much as anything else. Yeah, that's it, exactly. And um, one of the, the important aspects to this is that people don't have access to their own healthcare records. You know, so we talk about self-management a lot and people being able to self-manage their health to the best of their ability is really, really important for it, for the health service because it's going to take pressure off the service. People are going to live healthier, longer lives if they can do that well. But of course, if they don't have access to their own information, they're working in the blind to some extent as well. And what our member charities really want to see is also the use of all that data for research purposes. You know, you can imagine the wealth of information that is in the healthcare records of the population as a whole. And that is currently unavailable to us. And there's an issue, I suppose, around accountability as well. If you have access to your own files, you can see notes about your own treatment and how it's been handled, possibly what errors have been made. 
Well, exactly. You're much more likely to pick up an error yourself. Um, you, in general, are the person most familiar with your own healthcare. And the issue of safety, though, people will be mindful of the HSE cyber attack. Now, the HSE was uh, in front of the Oireachtas Committee during the week as well, saying that they have largely recovered from uh, the cyber attack. But you could understand why people would be concerned. Yeah, and I think that they're right to be concerned. I think we need to be having these conversations. I think what we particularly want to see is strong patient involvement in any decisions going forward. But there's also the reality that, you know, there is no other area of life that we rely on paper records, including things like banking, which is also very sensitive information. Um, And everybody is... Well, most people are comfortable with the data protection in banking and they also have access to it themselves in a secure way. And that's the kind of model you'd be looking for. It's an entitlement of people to have their own record. It's an enhancement, as, as you see it, to the potential treatment they would get. It guards against risks. It all seems like a good idea, but it hasn't happened. Why not? what we're trying to understand as well and it does seem that there have been some blocks in the system and we you know that the, the HSC when they're in front of the Oireachtas Committee during the week um, they acknowledge themselves that not enough has been done and they know that more needs to happen uh, and they're clearly working in difficult circumstances but there does seem to be ha- have been some failures in terms of making progression with this um, and where exactly those failures lie is hard to tell um, but what, what we're really hoping to see is some urgency around this. This is not something that, that can wait. Yeah, I think the HSE informed the committee that they were working on a business case to have e-health records because the last one had been blocked by the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform. So the cost of this is likely to be pretty high with the price tag that comes with it and possibly a rising price tag at that. Well, there's no question this is going to be really, really expensive. But also, what is the alternative? There is no alternative here. We cannot stay going with paper records. There is just too much risk and too many blockages to the potential for things like research and service planning and so on. Um, So I think funding, yes, certainly an issue, but not the only one. And that was Dr Avril Kennan, the CEO of Health Research Charities Ireland, speaking to me earlier. But for the direct patient experience of having your medical life stored in files across many clinics and hospitals, I'm joined now by John Wall, who's living with cancer. John, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. You spent a lot of time going in and out of hospital, not only here in Ireland, but also abroad. So what has your experience been of that multi-location record keeping? Exactly as has uh, just been explained uh, to you, my treatment has involved a mix of public and private at home and abroad. And basically it has been down to me to collate uh, all my information uh, into one centralised accessible source. And that's the issue with the health records, that if we had it uh, accessible by patients and healthcare professionals alike, uh, it would ensure that the risk that currently exists, I guess, for, for to patients in terms of care and safety would be minimised. Um, my own experience uh, was traumatic to the extreme in that uh, after I had my initial treatment to prolong my life, I needed surgery abroad. And in order for that to happen, uh, I had to spend a lot of uh, time collating the records from both uh, public and private facilities here in Ireland. And not only that, but I had to get them couriered then uh, over to uh, over to Belgium because uh, I didn't have any soft coffee or digitised um, records from Ireland, which the, the Belgian authorities were flabbergasted uh, to hear. But And 
Another thing I guess that uh, I encountered at the time was when I had scans taken at one facility, they weren't able to read them at another here in Ireland because of different uh, systems, different IT systems that were used. So I think in this conversation, we need to uh, we need to talk about public and private healthcare. Uh, we need systems to talk to each other right across the board. And it's important, I think, also for, for uh, people to understand that the HSE in fairness have put a business case, as you said, to the to uh, to deeper the, the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform, and there's a cost attached to it. But what's the cost to the patient? It's life itself, and you cannot put a cost on that. So, as your previous caller said, this is something that needs to be implemented. It has to be done. Uh, it's part of the the Slauncher Care uh, package of healthcare reforms, and there's a project, Project Six, is in in uh, in the Slauncher Care implementation implementation strategy uh, plan includes shared. Uh, care, uh, shared records and a citizen portal and I'd, I'd, I suppose I'd like you to ask Minister Roisin Smith uh, when you talk to him shortly where does that stand because to the best of my knowledge and my understanding is it doesn't there, there's nothing happening this has been blocked by deeper uh, on based on the, the the cost attached to implementing it but even if it's if it's if it's approved at this stage it'll be several years before implementation and it's absolutely in the, in the digitized area that we live in, our uh, times that we live in, it's not good enough at all. Patients right. are suffering, care is suffering, and safety is impinged. And in the treatment you've been getting, you wouldn't have always been in a position to give a detailed medical history if a doctor was to ask you and rely on your own recall. That's uh, absolutely true. I'm not, a, I'm not a medic. It's my interpretation of records. Uh, I have records on my phone. I have reams and reams and reams of paper along with the emails and, and notes. And actually, I'm saying that when I go into my oncology appointment uh, every three months, the one thing that I'm still flabbergasted by, and this is nothing to do with the care that I've received um, in University of Limerick, it's second to none. But every time I go in, there's uh, files taken out on me. And the longer I live, the bigger that file gets. And that file at the moment is thousands of pages of my notes and we're still we're still using paper and apart from anything else it's not very green the irony in that but it's 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 shameful to see in this day and age that we're still relying and because we're still relying on paper the the chances of uh, errors being made um, and things being missed is is far far higher than if uh, we had a a digitised, centralised, uh, accessible database. And when you got treatment in Belgium, did you detect an element of surprise or dismay when you were trying to bring paper records uh, to Belgium? What was the state of play with their health system and, and how did Very they... Very much could... so. Everything was... They were digitised and they couldn't understand. Um, they could not understand when I was couriering couriering uh, my records over as to why I couldn't just email or... Um, so it was five years ago, so use the cloud, just use the the, the, the uh, technology that's available to us. It's available, but not available to us here at home. And, they, you know, it's, it's it beggars belief in this day and age. But the, the sad thing about that is five years later, and we're no further down the road, um, when the, the next, when I have to, to engage with the, I suppose, the, the health authorities again in terms of my treatment, and I will have to go back into treatment, if I were to rely wholly on uh, the records that I have, it will impinge the treatment that I get because, as I said, I have a mix of public and private, at home and abroad. 
and um, it's down to me. It's like I think that Vicky Vicky Feeling came into the conversation recently in terms well, of actually, how a, she. Well, actually, a listener has just texted in to raise that case. She said uh, she noticed a page missing uh, from her notes. She did, yeah. Vicky Vicky uh, was a researcher, an avid researcher. That's what she did for a living. Uh, but she forensically examined her own records and she noticed a page missing. Not many people, if any that I would know, would forensically examine to that point where you would notice something like that. And were she not to notice that, everything that, that uncovered as a result of that for herself and so many others would have gone unnoticed. And that's the point here, that when you have digitised records, um, these things can be spotted far, far more easily. And it takes a lot of patience, uh, a lot of wherewithal, a lot of know-how, and at a time, may I add, when, when patients, you know, could least do without it. Patients are called patients for a reason. We're sick. Um, but when you have to go through your records and, you know, just spot something in, in the course of just going through them, it, it's not good enough. It really isn't good enough. The system should be helping us uh, do that rather than us having to do it for ourselves. And I think in fairness, to said to you at the start of the conversation, Colm, HSE, they want this implemented. Um, the patients, the people of Ireland wanted implemented, but it's been blocked at political level because of cost. The cost to the patient, that is the cost of implementing um, a digitised, centralised uh, system. All right. Okay, thanks for sharing with that, John Wall. Thanks for joining us uh, this afternoon and the best of luck in uh, your continuing treatment. I hope uh, it all goes well for you from, from here on in. Um, I want to introduce you to my political panel in studio this week. There, Oisin Smith, Minister of State at the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform, also Minister of State at the Department of Environment, Climate and Communications. And he is the Green Party TD for Dunleary. Uh, Mairead Farrell, Sinn Féin TD for Galway West and Party Spokesperson on Public Expenditure Reform. And Paul Murphy, People before profit TD for Dublin South West. Minister Roisin Smith, I suppose I'll go to that question from um, John Wall first there. The e-portal, people's access to patient records, where is that at? So my job in the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform uh, is to be responsible for helping government departments to put their services online. And just as you said, you can bank online, you can shop online, why can't you see your medical records online? Um, mostly across the public service we're doing very well. So we're rated very highly in Europe. We're fifth in Europe for digitization. You want to renew your passport or your driver's license or do your taxes or welfare. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very good, convenient service. But our healthcare service is not doing well. We're, we are low ranked for that. And according and, to the uh, information the officer for this year. from the HSE, uh, Fran Thompson, when he was in front of the Oireachtas Health Committee, he said that a previous business case was submitted by the HSE that wasn't signed off on by the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform. They now have to prepare a new one. Do you know the background to that? Why that initial business case was blocked and why we aren't further along? Yeah, it's before my time, but I do know what happened. It wasn't blocked because of the cost. It was blocked because it was expected that it wouldn't work. So there's an evaluation service of major IT projects. You, you know, Many of your listeners will remember that there have been huge IT projects in the government that have failed, such as PPARs and so on in the past, that have kind of run away. Uh, and so it's important that a large project gets evaluated. And the project that they put in was trying to do everything. It was a sort of an overarching, combine everything, connect everything and deliver everything over a number of years. When you say everything, so not just patient records, they were looking to do procurement and everything in no, a system No, all the elements of patient records. Okay. So patient records are all kinds of things, whether it's your x-rays or your patient notes or your lab test results or your trips to the doctor and so on. It was trying to do all of these different things from different departments, from different hospitals and GPs and different levels of healthcare, combine them into one thing and deliver it after a number of years. And we know from experience that that kind of super mega 
try and do everything project uh, tends to spend a lot of money and then go out of date by the time it delivers out for everything. So what we would like to see instead is a stepwise delivery of services one at a time. And what I'd like to see specifically this year is that you can see your prescription online. You can see the drugs that you've been prescribed online and that you've got a button you can press to renew your prescription. So that, that is the first element that I'd like to see the HSC deliver. And with that in mind, I brought HSE senior management to visit um, what's regarded as one of the finest online healthcare services in the world in Finland to meet the health minister there and to see it working in, oper- in operation and brought them back. And, uh, and I'm, I'm confident that in the same way that we were able to deliver very rapid IT projects in the HSE during the pandemic, that we're going to be able to do this. It has, they have to be uh, short uh, horizon. They have to be, they have to be quick wins, okay. one after another. But ultimately, does it end up at a point where after all of these steps have been gone through, those systems can talk to each other and there is ultimately a centralised record where scans, blood test results, everything can be accessed by yes. clinicians in the system. So there's, two, there's two problems. One is that the patients can't see their own records. In many cases, there is an IT system that the doctors can see, but you can't log on and see your own. And that's probably a cultural uh, problem as much as anything else. But the other problem is that the different hospitals and GPs are not connected to, to each other. They use different ID systems to keep track of the patients. So your GP will have a number for you. Your hospital will have a number for you. The HSE hospital will have a number for you. They're all different and they don't connect. So we've got two, we've, we've got two problems to cope with. Now, they're, they're absolutely not insurmountable, but those are, the, those are the two elements of the problem. So you need a single patient identifier yes. before you design the system. Yes. Okay. And has this... And in fact, there's a health information bill going before the Doyle this year, which is going to allow something which should have been allowed for many years, which is that your social welfare number, your PPS number, will be used to keep track of your... Uh, of the patients in the same way that it's used to keep track of you for tax or welfare or anything else. Okay, and before I go to the rest of the panel, you made the issue of cost was mentioned there. You said it wasn't I- an issue of cost, it was an issue of systems. But the overall rollout of this, what are we talking about in terms of an IT project of this magnitude? Ultimately, when, when the final stage of it is it across the line, are you talking tens, hundreds of millions? What are you talking about? Well, everything is big big money with the HC. I mean, the, the what I think that we do, we do it one step at a time. Like when we looked at the budgets that came in for the pandemic system, they were actually very, very small. Um, the HSE has, I believe, 800 full-time IT staff. We double their budget to 200 million a year for, for IT. So there is not, it's absolutely not a shortage of money. And I don't think that will surprise people either. I think we ha- it, it, it was an approach which was trying to do too many things at the same time. Okay. We need short horizon projects that deliver rapid things that people can see themselves within a, within a few months each time. So okay. I want a rapid uh, life cycle approach where we're rapidly um, uh, delivering um, new features to the public all the time that they can see and use. And, 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 and the, the, sorry, the ultimate timeline on this for all of these things, the first step you're talking about is underway. But are, are we talking about the six or seven years the HSE is mentioned there for this all to be integrated? I w- no, what I want to see is that every few months you see more and more of your medical record and that, uh, that, will, that will be a continuous process that will never stop. So, you know, as time goes on, new, new services will be delivered to the public. This is how, this is how for example, your, your app is developed or your software okay. that you use from any, any other company. You, you talked earlier about shopping online. The online shop keeps I, improving its service all the time and okay. that's what the HSE has to do. So it's or, not about a five-year... That was what was wrong with their plan. It was like, we're going to deliver this incredible thing in five years. Okay. In five years' right. time... We're, it doesn't happen. I know, so I'm going to go to Mairead Farrell first on this. Mairead Farrell, you've heard um, Minister Roisin Smith talking about that. It's going to be done uh, in stages so that it'll work. Do you accept that? 
Look, I mean, this is something that has been talked about for a very, very, very long time. And I think what we need to realise, and in fairness, it's been clear from this show, the very real life impact that this is, um, has had on people and ha- that it continues to have um, on people. You know, the reality is that we just don't have an integrated s- system across hospitals. We've seen even with the Mental Health Commission that they've actually raised it. We see it with Children's Disability Networks that they're using a system where it actually can't update um, the system because the business that it supplied it went out of business. So I think the, the the reality of the impact that this is having on people and, and, and sick people, people who are really, really ill and shouldn't have to have this extra additional concern, um, the impact that it's having having on them. And then, of course, the reality is, uh, Colm, if we if we if we're realistic about this, when people go into hospitals, you know, it adds to the delay um, when they want to go and they want to be seen. The other thing is, I think that as somebody who worked uh, before this in banking, it, it, it I think it will astonish people who have worked in anything that has been um, has electronic records that the that the hospitals and the HSE aren't up to that standard. I think people will be absolutely astonished if they haven't had um, the misfortune of having, actually having had to deal with it in the very first place. So I think that people will be astonished. I think we need to look at it immediately and, uh, and I understand what Oshin is saying there that he is looking at it at this very moment in time but it needs to be the wins need to be quick and they need to be um, and we need to see this integration um, across our hospitals of course and seeing as as you mentioned your own background in banking and that my understanding is is that a lot of banks used outside IT contractors and pretty lucrative contracts when they were brought in so presumably if that had to be done could you see there being political opposition to that because when you mention consultants and, and large fees for them it ends up getting marred in political controversy doesn't it? Well, uh, for the banks that I worked in, they would have wouldn't have been Irish banks. So I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure what uh, what okay. way they would have created their systems to be, to be perfectly honest. I mean, anything that needs to be done obviously needs to be done at a, a cost that is reasonable. I don't think that you know I, I, it shouldn't be something that somebody thinks, oh well, we'll make a quick buck out of that because it's something that needs to be done urgently. Right. Um, it does need to be done urgently, and it should have really been started a long time ago. And I really do think that people who didn't know about this will be shocked. And if we look I, at what I, the I, Mental I, I, Health I, Commission well, I just want to—I want to bring Paul Murphy in on this. He's been waiting to come in. Just okay. for a moment. Paul Murphy, uh, what's this has been done in stages. There is no ultimate deadline but being set because it needs to be done. Exactly. What I hear from the minister, to be honest, is that he won't give us a commitment as to when this is going to happen. There is clearly an unanswerable case to have fully electronic health records that is essential to integrated care whereby when your GP puts something in, it goes there. When your pharmacist puts something in, it goes there. Your consultant, your hospital, etc., and including the patient, can even add data to it. It's a completely unanswerable case based on international uh, evidence. But I, I, but do you think, they, I heard do you think the, minister, the department was right to turn down something they thought wouldn't work? I, I mean, I haven't seen the documents that the minister would have access to, uh, but... I, I don't, the argument that was given that, oh, they're trying to do the whole thing. We, we, let's just not do it. That doesn't seem to make sense to me. We, we do need to do the whole thing. I mean, we're not getting a date from the government now as to when this is actually going to happen. You look at the example of Denmark, whereby everything is electronic, all the data is there. They're making savings. And it looks to me well, how, that the Do you decision, know how long it took them to do that? A, a number of years to do it. And this, that's, but if we had started in 2018, we probably right. would be almost there. It looks to me like a penny-wise, pound-foolish decision not okay, to do that, it we'll, we'll, we'll bring Minister Rushing-Smith back in. Yeah, on this. I actually went to visit the Danish and met their, the head of their, their equivalent of the HSE to, to discuss how they had got there. It was a 20-year 20, 20 journey. 
Um, they do have one ID number assigned to each person at birth and they use that in the health service and that means that you can join different systems together. Um, but they do add systems one at a time. They didn't go for a big bang approach. And I think that that's, I, I, I fundamentally disagree with what Paul Murphy is saying there. I don't think that trying you to won't make give us a date. one giant, it's one giant, uh, yeah, I think that, exactly. So, so you're not because I don't think you should make. I don't think you, you should make one huge project with a date five years in the future. Um, because I don't think it'll be delivered then. I think by the time you get to five years in the future, everything that you've talked about will be obsolete and your spec will be gone. Okay. That's not how systems are developed nowadays. All right, I want to go to, I want to, go to uh, people who've been responding to this online and people who actually, some of them working in the system and some of them who are affected by it. Uh, listeners texted into 51551 to say, I can get my last blood test sent to me by a doctor with a password protected email, but I can't get my colposcopy results from the hospital delivered that way. That has to come by to me by way of letter. The hospitals must be spending many millions on stamps alone every year instead of using post using post instead of password protected email and we have uh, John also texting in saying I started out as a consultant in a HSE hospital two months ago I still don't have access to the online hospital folder where outpatient letters discharge letters etc are kept the technology is from the 1980s absolute stone age stuff some voluntary hospitals have good online systems St James's have an excellent electronic patient record and the matter has a decent one too I'm afraid we're going to have to move on to other topics we're going to be talking about that controversial tie up between Quilche and the uh, Asset Management Fund Gresham House after this Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1